SV Pod is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Welcome. It's SV Pod. A little late this week, but better late than never because it gives us the opportunity to talk title game, which was Monday. TCU got debacled. Also, let's just take a little bit closer look at the weekend's wildcard weekend. Beg your pardon. Super wildcard weekend. It's SV Pod. Stanford Steve is back from his travels. How are you, big boy? Excellent, big boy. How are you? Good to be back. Uh, right on. We're, we're, we're happy to have you. The title game was, uh, yeah. Uh, you and I both noticed the same thing. I mean, look, it, it wasn't like we discovered something. It was pretty easy to seize upon. Holly Rowe has Kirby Smart, whatever she asked him. And his he answered with what one more. What do you expect word. for your team tonight? Yeah, what do you want to see from your team tonight? Aggression. We're going to hunt. At least he cleaned it up for the TV audience. Obviously, uh, his mm. pre-game, his pregame speech made it to the uh, <laughs> made it to the bird, and everyone's like, "Whoa!" Mm. Like that's real, man. He's not. That's not performative. Okay, he wants his guys to come out and attack, and they did. And I just I'm gonna get I want to get this out of the way early. Somehow, Kirby Smart convinced his team that everyone thought they sucked. Mm. Kirby. Y'all were laying a dozen. By game time, it was damn near 14, and it still wasn't close to enough. No one said you were going to be seven and five. No one said you were going to be six and six. No one. But who cares? If that was some of the fuel in that engine all year that helped them stay focused, uh, there's I think there's a method to the madness in Athens. They've got they got it going, man. They got everything the way they want it, and good for them. They send 15 dudes to the NFL, five of them first-round picks, and they run it back. And there's a lot I want to get to from that. You were there. I guess I mm-hmm. would just I would, I would just ask, as a guy whose eye spots things, at, at what point was it clear to you that this was going to be an absolute drubbing? Um, probably when I came in the studio with you Saturday and Sunday uh, for NFL – you know, I I really dove in to the tape and, and got back to watching more TCU. And what really popped out to me was the Fiesta Bowl. And I'm not taking any credit away from them. They won the game. They advanced to the national championship. They deserved everything they got. The spot they were in the playoff, the whole nine yards. But when you go back and watch that, Scott, Michigan, three times inside the five-yard line, scores three points total two pick sixes. And before that game and the month leading up to it, I just said to myself, and I said it on every show I went on, the first half is absolutely enormous for TCU to show they can body up, and especially for their defense. Mm -hmm. They had to show up because we knew they couldn't come back on a team like Michigan. They would have to be the aggressor, and they were. But when I go back and watch that, uh, you know, watch Georgia, you don't – Georgia doesn't do those things. They don't give you anything easy. You have to earn every single thing. And you talked about the how Kirby turned it around. There was plenty to watch in the in the in the Peach Bowl where that was coachable and Georgia was not doing what they should have been doing. And that combined with showing those guys that tape and maybe throwing in some um 
clips of Ohio people saying Ohio State was the better team, which mm-hmm. I thought and I said, uh, I think that turned him to get his team's attention, and they let it rip. Uh, I saw Todd Munkin after the game on the field, and he just gives me the shrug of shoulders, and I'm like, you might have to retire after this one, Coach. Uh, You couldn't have called a better game plan. Your team was ready. I mean, Herbie, you know, I'm in the truck with Herbie and Fowler and, you know, helping those guys out in the broadcast, and I'm like, guys, I think it was four drives. I'm like, they're they're averaging 11 yards per play. Yeah. 11 yards per play, and both Herbie and Fowler are like, is that good? For yeah. a national title game, yeah, is that, so, that, is that, uh, that that's unusual, right? Yeah, it sucks because you know, leading up to the game, I, I you know, I'm all over the place. You know, obviously the stuff that happened on Monday Night Football with the with um, Hamlin and you know your show that night, and then doing stuff leading up. I actually think I went on a couple of shows like, yeah, first line, first thinking at the looking at the line. I, I I guess you would take TCU, and then by the time Saturday, Sunday, pregame. Uh, doing TV all day Monday, I was I was hell bent that Georgia was. I didn't think sixty five to seven, but I could just see. I, I didn't think TCU would be able to stand up for sixty. They couldn't even stand up for thirty, and that's a credit to Georgia and what that program is. By God, are they impressive? Yeah, I'm with you. And uh, shout to Stetson Bennett. Appreciate him coming out. He he was done with his media obligations. Was kind enough to come out and have a chat with us. I mean, it's the all time bet on yourself. You know, and and as I said to Kirby, I was trying to ask it in a way where I wasn't being disrespectful because it is there's no disrespect. Dude just won two titles in a row. But what I said to Kirby is a guy like Stetson's never going to get a chance to be your quarterback again because you're only going to get five star guys and four star guys from here on out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean a, a a guy that was overlooked couldn't get there and earn it? Maybe, but you're you're just going to recruit that position in a, in a different way now because everyone's going to want to go there. I just love the look on Bennett's face. You know, he's an older dude. There's a bunch of guys in the NFL. He's older than so what? So what? Is he going to make it on Sunday? I don't know. He's a legend forever for what he did. Back Mm -hmm. to back in in Athens, Georgia. Like, and, you know, maybe it works in the league. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. I don't don't give a He's a legend forever for what he did. Kirby called him the greatest dog ever Mm -hmm. to close his visit on our show. So salute to him. Give the give the next wave down there all the credit in the world. It was it was their turn, and they made the most of it. Acknowledge what TCU did. The thing that happens, Fowler had a great way of saying it, and I agree that the, that the championship stage magnifies two, both things. You win a game like that, and it makes you is this the greatest team ever? Nineteen LSU would like a word. Could we? Yeah. Could we? Gonna maybe put that tape on. <laughs> um, and it also turns you if you're TCU into like a punchline and as if this whole year was fake. No, it wasn't. Hypnotoes was real. Duggan was real. Sonny Dykes, real. That whole group, real. All of what they did, real. They beat Michigan. And you're right. And there's a way to be diplomatic about it where you're saying, you know, I thought that one pass was a touchdown. They said it wasn't. Then they fumbled (laughs) and they got to the two and they ran Philly special and they got nothing out of that. And you handed them. You know, I say handed them 14. No, they took it. TCU yep. picked those footballs. Like, they weren't just gift-wrapped. So, you know, that that leads to this this one last thing that I have about sort of the transitive the, the transitive property, and it, it gets applied to college football a lot. I saw people on, on, on Twitter early, and I just gave up on Monday night, <laughs> where it was, you know, well, TCU, you're not playing another – you're not playing a Big Ten team tonight. Okay. 
they beat Michigan. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's do this. Let's 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 take this exercise down the road. TCU is A. Michigan is B. A is greater than B. Okay, well, let's keep going. Michigan is B. Ohio State is C. B is greater than C. Michigan beat Ohio State. Let's keep this going. Ohio State is C. Georgia is D. Georgia survived because C missed a kick, and they beat them by one point, which makes C and D basically equal, which means let's go back to A, TCU, probably better than D. Or they got beat by 58 points. (laughs) The only way anyone ever knows anything in sports is if we get in the ring together, we get on the court together, we get on the ice together, we get on the field together. That's the only way you ever know. And yes, looking at it, you saw plenty. I think we all saw plenty that were like, you know, I like Georgia here. Mm. I felt like Ohio State and Georgia would be different because Ohio State's just in a different weight class traditionally yeah. than TCU. And mm-hmm. they demonstrated that. And they were pissed off for a month. And they went there saying, F- it, we're throwing haymakers yeah. all night long. So that's how that result was what it was. Um, so in the end, A is greater than B, B is greater than C, C and D are basically equal, but D destroyed A, which takes the whole transitive thing and throws it out the window. I just, it's just not necessary to talk about what conference they're from because Ohio State's from the Big Ten too, and they had Georgia all but beat. So enough. It's not Mm. necessary. Let's just acknowledge that TCU had a hell of a year because they did. Let's acknowledge that Georgia in a two-year window has totally changed the narrative. They had to go through Bama. They did it. Now Kirby's like, one, two, he put up three fingers for a reason, brother. Because mm. <laughs> he, you know what he's going to want starting in camp? <laughs> Aggression. You know, <laughs> you know what he's going to try to tell his team to go do next fall? Hunt. Mm. And he's going to convince them that everyone thinks they suck. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, and they're going to come out and they'll pin their ears back and they'll come after you. So uh, that ends the, uh, the college football season. And Georgia feels like, uh, a correct and proper champion to me. Yeah. I mean, I thought Kirby was great in the pro, um, you know, I go, you know, post game. Um, I talked to Georgia. I'm like, we'd really like to get both Kirby and, and Stetson and the press conference keeps going longer and longer. And, but Kirby was awesome. He just kept talking about, you know, why he's so happy for this team. And he goes back to his love of his school and what the opportunities they gave him and his family uh, and he he went into detail about what they did game plan wise, and he ended the press conference talking about, please somebody write something about our look team. And he taught he explained about how his look team basically just separated themselves for the first four days and went in and watched TCU tape to get ready. Uh, you know their quarterback volunteered to be Duggan and take hits uh, and go live against the defense just so they could get that like. You don't do that unless you have the foundation of a program and the numbers and the talent um, that Georgia has. And that's why they are where they are. And people throw out, of course, the question, is it good for the sport? Yes, I think it is. Because you know what? Now I've asked TCU what they think they got to do to get to that pedestal now. They know. Everybody watched it. That's, That's the face of the sport right there. Yeah. You know what you're. You know how good you have to be in order to, you know, be crowned. So I think it motivates everybody in in an unbelievable sense. And on top of that, to go 
on, on Bennett to go in that game and play your best game in your last game, knowing the stakes, it's pretty damn special stuff, man. No doubt. I mean, I, I asked him that at the end, like to, the satisfaction of putting your absolute best game on tape in the last game you'll ever play. And um, that's what they did. That's what they did. So salute to everybody. Mean Machine in red and black. That's mm. uh, that's what's coming down the track, as they ask in Athens. Uh, now we we pivot football side to the uh, to Super Wild Card Weekend. And let's be honest here. May we be honest? Yeah. Game's kind of. Yeah. I've been saying that forever, and no one you, wants to listen to me. You keep saying bad teams are going to get it. Yeah. I was all Look, Seattle, you're in. I'm sorry. I just wish it were Detroit just because of how they won. Would they have played the same against Green Bay if it was winning in? Maybe not. Maybe they're not going hook and ladder. Do you go hook and lateral or hook and ladder? Hook it, and ladder. Either, right. Either's, I, I, people will scream at me. It's hook and lateral. Well, you can right. say that, but hook and ladder is also... Uh, uh, an accepted term are they running that on second and 17 late <laughs> maybe not probably not i don't know i just know that they went in and they won and it was enough for them to knock green bay out the satisfaction uh came from that i think lions just would be a blast because we haven't seen it um yep if, if they would have made it and we've seen san francisco play seattle twice already this year and beat them twice and apparently it's going to be a monsoon and like i don't even i don't know what seattle can do meanwhile just so you know, I'm going to have him in winners. <laughs> I know take, who else you're. I know who else you're going to have. Yeah, I, it's just so terrible. Miami, I have to. Baltimore oh. for your lungs. <laughs> have to. It's so terrible. <laughs> I I wrote the script for winners, and I said it's. I said I want you to understand. It's just like playing blackjack for me. I and when you get a 16 against an ace, are you saying cool? I bet I get a four or five. No, you think you're going to get a king and get have 26 and you lost. But you just, what are you going to not hit it? Like Miami to me is 16. I'm going to hit it. And when I, it's 38 to three, yeah. I'm just going to shrug and go, well, I got a 10. <laughs> I, I will say you have an unbelievable way. I'm guessing here um, that you enjoy doing this more than getting the 16 at the blackjack table. <laughs> I think yeah. the moods are might be a little different. I guess. Say, but say you got a 16 against an ace, you know, maybe three out of five hands. I think the mood's going to be a little different where here you can not write a nice script. Say, yeah, it's just like blackjack. I think the feelings are a little different, but it's all fun. But it's the same idea. I get it's it. Just, I get it's it. just that it. the, if you play basic strategy, blackjack, you mm -hmm. just hit, you take the card. Yep. And if you look at, gambling the way i obviously do and i've done this long enough you know what it is and this is where people can say you can't just feed the public that's not all it is obviously i'm typically on sides the public isn't on that's not sustainable okay how many years in a row of high 50 percent do you want i mean i don't know i fine just you you, you okay you go win every bet you have yeah. because that's how gambling twitter works mm -hmm. everyone sucks but you well, congrats on being 100%. That's fantastic. Um, I'll be over here taking Miami, and I I don't feel good about it. But, mm -hmm. I mean, I think I think that Baltimore is going to have Huntley, I think, I hope, for them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you have two teams with third-string quarterbacks starting. Yeah. And that's not unheard of. I mean, look, quarterbacks get injured, and you, you end up with – 
Connor Cook starting for the Raiders or something, nope. right? I mean, that, that happened when, when Carr got hurt. Joe Webb for the Vikings. Remember him? Sure. Who was it? Who was it for uh for the Texans a couple of years ago? TJ Yates. Yater. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, TJ Yates. Oof, uh, Tar Heel. What about was it Ryan Lindley or something like that? For for the Cardinals? Yeah, yes, you're right. Look at you. So these things happen. Yeah. But I mean a couple of potential third stringers and, and the Tua situation is like, man, there's so much scrutiny because of what's happened this year to him. Mm-hmm. And now this is this unrelated conversation, but I mean, if can he play the, can he play this position? I mean, it's, it's a violent game. Yeah. And, and if, and if, I mean, at some point, I, I just don't know that you can, Meaning him, not my, not Miami, and can you count on him? I mean, him as a human being, he's a tough dude, man. He's demonstrated it over and over again. But, I mean, if, I don't know. I just I don't know. And so that situation is an odd one. Lamar Jackson, when he went down against Denver, did anyone say, that's probably it? No. It was, no. And because that team, that organization is so buttoned up, so there was never any, hey, it's a PC, it's a PCL grade, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just been this vague question mark. Yeah. And then Hasselback a couple of weeks ago started saying, I don't think he's going to play. And at some point he gets to the, he said it last week on Sports Center, like he's one game away, one week away theoretically from more money than he's ever made in his career. Mm-hmm. But it, but, and I'm not saying he's not hurt. Please hear me say that because I'm not saying he's not hurt. But if Baltimore's, Looking at him, going, huh? So you're that hurt? If they're if they don't trust each other and they're get, and they're getting ready to enter into some massive negotiation where he wants all this guaranteed money, I just how do you start your conversation from that place? And again, because they're so buttoned up organizationally, and because he doesn't have an agent, all we all we can really do is speculate. Which is why on Thursday, as you and I talk, he he put out. He, Lamar Jackson, put out this statement just to let people know, here's the situation. It's just wild, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, you explain it. No agent. Baltimore, as as tight as there is uh, when it comes to, I think, cohesiveness as an organization, respect the hell out of them. Me and too. that dynamic you don't have in the league anymore with everybody trying to move up all the time. Baltimore doesn't have that. They have a great organization, and it's pretty – evident both sides are staying pretty firm on their sides of this so yeah and in its totality it makes i mean i look at the you know the the games come out when you're on the air and you know we're trying to relay it to you and i think the first time you got them was when we put up the full screen and you're like oh okay that's sunday's games huh um all righty we'll get after but super wild card it does I, i i can't stand the format uh, I don't think you're asking. I don't think just the one seed should get buys. You're asking these. I mean, look what these owners have done in adding the game and adding <laughs> just just throwing it right out there. Uh, didn't take long to make that decision. Yeah, an extra game, and then you don't give uh, yourselves buy. You know, give multiple teams buys. I don't like that, but it is what it is. Uh, these teams are going to line up. 
I'm actually really fired up for the Saturday night game in Jacksonville because we got some fresh faces. I'm all about that. You mentioned the Lions. I would have loved to seen them. If we're going to watch all these teams play that are around a 500 record, I, I want to see some fresh faces. So uh, I'm actually really, um, really, really happy for Seattle and what they did this year. I picked them to have the worst record in the NFL. I know I did, and that backfired big time. And it started week one when they beat Russell Wilson. But uh, I, I, I just – I've said it for – feels like two months now, Scott. I don't think the majority of teams can win multiple playoff games that are playing this weekend. I think you have four teams that can win multiple playoff games, and yeah. that is the Bengals, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Niners. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Cowboys played the worst game they played all year last week. Yep. All season long with Ryan Clark, Damian Woody, and Tim Hasselbeck, the, the NFL guys that are on weekly with me. I mean, we we basically laughed at the don't let's not let ourselves get to the playoff game with Tampa Bay yep. and do that thing where we talk ourselves into better watch out for Brady. Mm. Better keep an eye out there. Because Tampa Bay's felt like not a team you really need to be terribly concerned by all year. I mean, they just haven't. They've won some games, just rabbits out of hats late. All credit to them for figuring out how to win. They're not scary. And they're still not. What is scary for Dallas is what you did last week against Washington. Because Dak Prescott was horrendous. Horrendous. And they had their guys out there. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Some O-line issues. Pollard hadn't been great. Is Dallas better than Tampa Bay this year? I think they are, but I have I I didn't take that game, make a selection in that game for winners because I I don't I wouldn't take Dallas, and all year long I've just looked at Tampa Bay and said no thanks. Mm-hmm. So remember, kids, just because there's a posted line doesn't mean you have to have action. You're not obligated. Correct. So we're we're passing on that game, but that one's a wild one to me because, I mean, Dallas is good. Yeah, it's been good. But I can't, I can't tell you how bad they were last week if you didn't see it. Uh, they had 10 first downs in like 180 yards. And again, it wasn't 
They didn't pull the starters like Tampa Bay did in the second half against Atlanta. I mean, they had guys out there. So you could just roll your eyes at me and go, who cares? It didn't matter this week. Does And uh, you're right. You're right. I just think you'd like to carry a little bit more momentum into the uh, postseason with you than that. But I don't know. Giants-Minnesota game is is interesting just because the Giants mm-hmm. – um, Daniel Jones has been actually really good. Barnwell was on with us this week as he is every week. He's like, I saw that. He said, the reason I like the Giants is because of Daniel Jones. He said, <laughs> I, had to, I had to triple check my stats here, but in the last month, he's got the best QBR uh, in the league. And those were in must-win situations. Correct. You know? They were essentially playoff games because they're not here if they don't win some of those games down the stretch. Were they great? No, they weren't great. Nobody was at the end uh, on the back end. And I, you're right, Steve. You've said that for um, two months. Um, but Minnesota's got a negative point differential. At 13 and four, which is astounding. So, um, I don't know. It's just kind of an odd weekend. Um, no doubt. Typically, wild card weekend has been a weekend where road teams and underdogs outperform. Last year, that's not was not the case, and that's why I'm just terrified of the, the sides I have this week. So, um, I don't know. It'll be it's going to be fun to watch the playoffs, man. You wait all year for them. these two weeks. I've I've just been enamored every year when when you get to these two there's always a blowout you gotta find the blowout and 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 have that side and have that side you got it (laughs) like buffalo last year didn't punt no and you know you mentioned san francisco weather uh could be an issue teams familiar with each other seattle hung with them uh that was purdy's first road start purdy has to be average at least in one game doesn't he this is amazing what he's done. It's a testament to the coaching staff. The def- I mean, the defense has gotten lit up uh, a couple times in the last you know three games. But that that's a story there. Jacksonville Chargers, one of those guys is going to the second round, uh, Lawrence or, or Herbert, which is great. Uh, Buffalo, it sure feels like that place is going to be a zoo. Uh, Sunday afternoon at one yeah, o'clock. I, I said I said on the show that the other night when when Demar Hamlin was discharged from the hospital and. I haven't heard anything. I, I don't. This is no yeah. intel. If that dude walks out on the field on Sunday, uh, wow. I I just can't fathom. Ooh. I mean, as as truly electrifying as Naheem Hines returning the opening kickoff was, if uh, if number three walks out there on that field, man, I just can't imagine the emotion um, that 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 would be represented if if that were to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm 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 going to have Miami. <laughs> What a dumb <laughs> like I don't have to. <laughs> I could talk myself out of it, but I probably won't. Yeah. Um anything else play anything, anything else playoff related you want? I just I think the topic you, I, I want to get you to. talked about Dak. Uh I just like if he plays like that and they lose. Uh-huh. I, it's not gonna be good. No, Jones it has is. already said uh McCarthy's fine, but I mean if they if they if they look bad and they get beat, that that guy's yeah. you, you know. Not always his not always the most sort of I mean that playoff history. Golly. I mean patient, think about growing up and seeing them. I mean, those early 90 teams with Troy. I mean, good God, they were good. But, yeah, they were a wrecking ball. I mean, you saw them succeed, and now there's people, what is it, 20 25 years? Mm-hmm. A road playoff game that they've won. Like that's that's like kids are out of college, they've never seen it. That's a, that's all I grew up seeing. 
Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> you man. know, it's crazy. Right? Yeah, yeah. There's like whole generations of people that, yeah. they, you know, Dallas is just a team that they talk about on television. But for what reason? Mm. I, I don't know. Because they used to be good. Yeah. It's wild, isn't it? I mean, it's like it's, it's nuts. Some, it's some so point, nuts. Some point, you need to flip that script. All right. What um, else you got? I. It's a topic that you and I have. I told you I wanted to talk about. I said, well, wait till college football ends. And then something happened this week that makes it a, something I want to get to this week because Kentucky basketball is mm. as big a brand name as there is in the sport. We can talk about Blue Bloods. We can talk about what that list is. That's always kind of fun. I mean, it's both Carolina schools, Carolina Duke. It's Kansas for sure. It's Kentucky. And then it gets kind of then it gets vague of who's the who are the true true mm-hmm. and this that's not what this this exercise is so there's no need to go through it but kentucky's on it and they're high on it um and as the sec adds another title in football <laughs> and you focus on that league it's a really good league alabama looks the part man they got some dudes they just Ooh. they just went and won at Arkansas uh, on the road on Wednesday. That was a big one. They're yep. good. Oates has got it. They're good. Mm-hmm. The game before that, Bama played Kentucky and beat them by twenty six points. And they were Kentucky's ten and five. They don't have a good win on their resume. When they played ranked teams, they've gotten beat and gotten beat badly. And they welcome South Carolina to Rupp Arena. In the game prior to this for South Carolina, they got beat worse than Kentucky got beat by Alabama. In fact, South Carolina lost by 43 points to Tennessee. South Carolina is a 20-point dog. They went into Rupp and they beat Kentucky. Mm. And at and so now what you have are people asking the question slash writing the column, what do, what's Kentucky do? Is it time? Like Jeff Goodman wrote, you know, that basically it's time for the divorce here. Like they just need to figure it out. Essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't want to I don't get it wrong, but I think basically Goodman was saying like Kentucky needs to hope Texas wants them, but why would they at 63? Yeah. Goodman had some quotes from like anonymous uh, rival coaches saying the game's passed him by and the offense is terrible. And it's like, all right, look, everybody's lining up to take their shots now. I get it. But let's do what I always try to do and pu- push that to the side and just be reasonable. This isn't what Kentucky's supposed to be, man. No. And last year they were a two. We all know what happened against St. Peter's. It it's just it was lightning in a bottle, and St. Peter's rode that lightning all the way damn near to the final four. Mm-hmm. Legendary from the Peacocks. The year before that, Kentucky was awful. Like nine and sixteen or something, and didn't make the tournament. The year before that, there was no tournament, and so now you have arguably the most passionate fan base in college sports. That's a fun conversation too, because there's a bunch of college football fan bases that'd be like, "Excuse me, well, Big Blue Nation doesn't take a backseat to many when it comes to passion for their for their school." And now people are like, "I mean, you want to run them? All right." I mean, he's got a lifetime contract. You'll find the money, blah, blah, blah. It's Kentucky, so your job would be coveted. But where I'm where I'm landing here is with a question. Is that is that really the right 
is that is that an appropriate place to be if you're Kentucky right now? I don't think so. I think there's been too much good. Um, how I, I I never thought he got enough credit for um, being his coach, his coaching skills, uh, doing what he's done with with some underachieving teams, and then making a run in March. It's kind of balanced out, but you know there he did have the team that who did they in the year New Orleans Noel they they that, that the team was like wasn't good, and they go to the NIT and they lost to. Robert Morris. Robert Morris. Uh, so, you know, there's good in there. There's obviously, you know, the one title. And, you know, that that's what this sport has become. And I, I'm always a believer in a, in a Final Four is an unbelievable season. But when you want to be with those other teams that get there, what feels like every other year, when you talk about the teams prior, um, you, you got to man up. But, you know, it's the middle of the season. You got to roll up your your sleeves and see what you got here. You know, there's no giving up. There's no firing him right now. Does absolutely nothing. No, um, I, I, and I don't think that's the suggestion. It's just, it's just the idea that you're talking about. Should Kentucky move on from John Calipari? Is just that in and of itself is like wow. Imagine that. Imagine mm. being in that place. But the thing that's happening is they continue to recruit. At, a, at at this incredibly high level, and next year they got a bomb squad. All right, that, but but you know what? And I'm trying to open it up here, and I'm and I'm, I'm not. It doesn't. I'm not able to get the screen to open up, which is always awesome. <laughs> um, I, I'm trying to remember the guys they had from the nine and sixteen team, mm-hmm. but they had like five top fifty people. And see, that's where and I they want... get that every year now. And and then you could ask yourself. And Duke, I, I wonder if Duke is going to deal with it this year for the first time, where they look around like we don't have anyone we that's that's got a lot of experience other than Roach, and at some point you kind of need men as opposed to, to to teenagers. Yes, like you you need some you need some. But in, in this case, Kentucky would just go. We have Oscar Shibway, who's the reigning Naismith Player of the Year, who stayed. Mm-hmm. And I I mean they've got a guy who's been around who was the most got the. Biggest prize in the sport last year is the best player. Yeah. So, so you have that. Um, what? It's just why it's just really a wild concept that when they've recruited really, really well and get five or six new dudes who leave for the league, whether they're good or not, and that's not specific to Kentucky. That's just the way it goes. No. Yeah. Um, I, I just the South Carolina loss. I, I just could not believe because guess what? This weekend, remember that Tennessee team who beat yeah. South Carolina by forty three. That's who Kentucky plays this weekend in Knoxville. Buckle up. I, I that that's what I wanted to talk about was just the idea. Like, I, you mentioned Duke. Like, I I watch Duke every game, and this Derek Lively is the number one player in that class. Sky, he's not that good. It's it's just flat out. Now, listen, Duke took him. Duke took Whitehead too, and Kentucky took their guys. The assessment of these guys and these rankings is crazy to me. We talked about a couple of weeks ago watching Alabama, and you you ran down the, the the class of of where he was, and he's been as good as a player there is in the whole sport. Um, from Alabama, why am I blanking on his name? Who Miller? Yes, I mean you want to talk about special and a guy that 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 shows up and you say he's a freshman, and you're like what? Uh, but. The assessment of these players, that that's what really scares me. If 
if somebody thought Lively was the best player in the country, I, I'm I'm I haven't seen anything close to it. I think he's averaging three points and three rebounds a game. Was hurt to start the year, but you know, 12 minutes last night, fouls out. They're in a dicey situation against Pitt. I I don't know if Duke's going to win another game this month, um, especially the way they're playing. You mentioned Roach; they need him, but. The, the idea of these number rankings next to these guys and then seeing them do it, I, I, I just don't see it. it, it it's, it's really, really intriguing to part, me. Part of what happens, part of what happens, and we're going to get real in the weeds here on the recruiting, and yeah. that probably pe- doesn't interest people, but it happens in football a lot. You know, if let's, ju- let's just say, let's say Maryland, NC State, and Indiana are offering a guy, and he's a three-star. And then he goes to a camp and blows up, and Penn State offers him. And then, whoa, Ohio State offers him. Well, now all of a sudden, he's a high four-star because the, the people that do the recruiting are like, yeah. he must be good. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I shouldn't do that voice because it like <laughs> as if it's their job to know 200,000 high school players. But you get a recruiting bump based on that. Yeah. And, I mean, there's – there's certain – it happens to a degree with basketball. College football, if Alabama offers you, you're a five-star. I mean, it happens. Yeah, because people figure Nick's not messing around with somebody that's a bum. Yep. But in basketball, it's different. There aren't nearly as many players. The recruiting rankings are, I think, typically most typically pretty good. And I mean, again, that that year that they were like nine and 16, they had a bunch. It's all four and five stars. That's all it was. Carolina was the same that year, too. And they weren't any good. Yep. And I remember doing something on SportsCenter about that, about like Kentucky and Carolina have combined had like eight top 50 players and neither one of them was any good. And part of this is that, but again, you have sheep way back. Part of these articles that I'm reading, his offense is outdated. He hasn't done anything new lately. And now it's just a pile on where everyone's taking shots at Cal and saying this, that, and the other, yo, we hope he goes to Texas. Somebody was interrupted the other night. Please go to Texas with a sign. And I'm not going to do the wag my finger at Kentucky and say, be careful because if that job ever came open, mm. I presume you could get anyone you wanted, but I, I don't know because North Carolina and Duke came open and they both hired someone that had never coached a game, which is incredible to me when you mm. think about it. Shire and Hubert Davis had never been head coaches. They got Carolina and Duke. So I don't know who would get it if, if, if. feels like everybody just needs to take a deep breath and try to be reasonable. That's not necessarily the strength of, the, of passionate college fan bases. But I also think it's reasonable to say if you've looked at them, they're just not very good. If you've watched them play, they're Correct. just they're just not they're not great. The good news is this year in college basketball, I don't think anyone is. UConn got to I think one. They've lost three Big East games all on the road to like I saw them all. They lost to Xavier, they lost to Marquette, and I'm forgetting whoever the one was in the middle. Um, but I watched it. Providence, that's who it was. Yes. That's not a crime. Any of them. It's hard to win on the road. But like, if you're number one, you probably win one of those games. Well, they didn't. Uh, I watched. I watched Purdue. I watched them lose at home to Rutgers. And I like Purdue a lot. Everyone knows I love Painter. I, I just haven't seen a truly great team this year. I love Houston because they've got men. They've got absolute men on that team. Shed Sasser, Sampson was all mad that. Like, last night because they were close to South Florida. for They, they won. The, I liked them at the start of the year. I still do. But no one's great. No one. So Kentucky's got time to find it. I just, I don't know that they're gonna. 
totally agree. I don't know that they're gonna. I uh, um, and then you got to figure out what you guys want to do down there. Yeah, big blue nation. I uh, we saw him in person. I went to see him again last week. I think Coach Cronin's got a team that wants to be heard from too. Yeah, they, I, yeah. I mean, keep we, your we eyes. certainly get, we certainly got an eyeful in college yeah. when, they, when they came in, and it was like sixty to twenty or something. Mm. Uh, and uh, yeah, they could. They're absolutely Final Four good. Absolutely. Big 12 is is great. Fantastic. Uh, I mean, last night, TCU Texas was incredible. The night before that, Kansas coming back against Oklahoma. We got Kansas K-State Tuesday night winning coach to join Sports Center after. Uh, I'm fired up for that one in uh, the little apple. That that is going to be good. I gotta dive in and do some uh K-State watching. I have not caught them much, but uh that place will be bananas for KU coming in and both teams, I think with one loss right now. Yeah. Coach Tang was on the Baylor bench for like 19 years, got yeah. a chance, goes to K state. Marquise Noel is their point guard. He's awesome. And a really cool story. If you're, if you follow college basketball at all, Keontae Johnson was at Florida and mm. was arguably, he was like first team all sec. And then he had an, ep- an episode where he collapsed on the court. just terrifying. And um, he didn't play again the, the, for the remainder of that year. And went in a portal, and now he's at Kansas State, and it's awesome to see him. They let off the show the other night. He had an alley oop from Noel, and in a really good game with Oklahoma State. That league's that that's the best league in the country, I think. Like when the like the bottom of your league is West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Baylor. If that's the bottom bottom of your league, I mean, with respect, they don't have like a Georgetown, and that's a whole other topic. I had Georgetown written. Like Kentucky, could, Kentucky's Kentucky, but like yeah. the Georgetown stories is they haven't won a Big Ten, a Big East game rather, uh, since they won the tournament. Mm. That was three years ago. It's mm. just it's Georgetown, yeah. the Georgetown Hoyas. They they they, they haven't won a, a, a Big East game mm. since the 2021 year, 20 2020 year. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I have one last thing, just keeping an eye on this one for tonight. Okay. This is this will be dated by the time people listen. But the Boston Bruins, just as a general rule, don't lose games. They've played 40. <laughs> they've won 32. Wow. Uh, they have they have not lost a single game at home that they played just 60 minutes. They lost a couple of shootouts, but they have not lost in regulation. The Kraken, who come in, Riding a six-game winning streak, currently lead two nothing, heading to the third. So again, when you listen to this, you'll know the outcome. Yeah, uh, I don't know it now, but it's it feels worthy of mention just that they're trailing because mostly Boston only wins games. It's <laughs> just insane what they are doing. Played it's forty one thirty two, incredible, incredible. Uh, and I mean the goals they score is high scoring games. Every which way they get the job done. It's it's been awesome to watch for sure. Dude, pasta, play, pay the man. That's anytime Dude. you mention all Bruin fans who just want to say pay the man, pay pasta. Dude. Give them, give that man his money. They should. Um, but anyway, it's two nothing cracking. Um, Sports want to follow. We'll have the highlight. Go ahead. I do want to say thank you to you. One of the nights uh, you ended the show. I guess you said if you see Stanford Steve, say hi to him, mm-hmm. and. Day of the championship game, I'm walking into the stadium. Early, we got early. We're starting TV, 10 a.m. local time. I walk into the stadium, probably like 7 a.m., 
And, you know, the yellow coat security people are, are lining up. It starts raining. It's a brutal day out. So everybody's in like an overhang area. And I get about 10 guys in yellow coats, just enormous fans of the show, all run over like fist bump. Scott said, if we see you, say hi. <laughs> and they all came over. <laughs> Those are our hello. people. And uh, it was great. Georgia and TCU people were awesome. Um, that stadium is immaculate. Oh, my Lord. It is so nice, even though the rain does come in on the side. But uh, it's it's really, really cool because when you drive by it, you see the overhang, and you're like, that's not that big. But when you walk into the stadium, you're at the top of it, and it's all the way into the ground. It's, it's a really, really good setup. How does uh, it rain inside? I don't understand. So it's covered like – Only not? But like the, the overhang goes way over the end zone and outside the stadium. So that's where the wind comes in. The overhang goes out, and that's how hard it was wind. That how hard the wind was blowing. It was blowing the rain. It had to be a couple hundred yards from where that opening is, and it was blowing it in sideways. Oh, it looks like a beautiful spot. What was the final accounting on three by threes? Nine patties. So that's three. Yeah, not in one sitting. Understood. Three different days. Again, we we've covered the in and out. Ratio one double double and not enough two too many. That is why the three by three is perfect. Yeah, there was uh, break. There was breaking news on that. Apparently, they're moving to Nashville. Hey, in and out. If you can move to Nashville, you can keep. You know, you keep keep coming east. Keep coming. What's the what's the like? I regional scarcity. I get it. It makes people that get yeah. to your part of the world seek you out. Okay, cool. But if you come east, we'll find you. <laughs> I promise we will. And I even like your fries. Just I do too. But a lot you gotta of salt. eat them first. You gotta eat them eat first. Them first, lots of salt. And throw a couple on the three by three. See, I don't I don't I don't put food on food. <laughs> sort of my Primandy brothers story. No, we don't have to go into that. Nope, we don't. I hope everybody in Pittsburgh's doing all right. And yep. um that'll do her. Uh sounds good. Thanks to uh Kirby Smart and Stetson Bennett for coming out and spending some time with us after their uh after their win the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh thank you, Stanford Steve, for coming back home. We missed you. We're here. And, uh, yeah, we're, you're you're back slumming with you in the back, flesh. Back slumming with your old <laughs> with your old pal Scott. We'll see y'all next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here, and guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now, making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.